0: Thank you for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Leslie Liao. Coming up this hour, I have Ear to the Ground, where Andrew Ryan brings you some sounds from Taiwan, and Jukebox Republic with Shirley Lin. But we are in the Lunar New Year right now. It is a date we call Tu Sun, and we're going to start off with a little bit of a traditional story called The Mouse Bride.
1: The third day of the Chinese New Year marks the ancient story of the Mouse Bride. A long time ago, the head of a mouse village was determined to find a husband for his beautiful young daughter. But who would be good enough for his daughter? And who could protect her from the terrible cat? Find out in this lovely Chinese folktale about love and marriage. A long time ago in a large farmhouse in Taiwan, there was a mouse village built in the corner of a stone wall. The head mouse of the small community had been thinking of his daughter's marriage. She was young and beautiful and had attracted many young fellows. But her father just could not decide which of the many suitors should be his son-in-law. He thought about this day and night and finally made up his mind. He would set up a test, a fair test, and let the test itself choose the best husband for his daughter. He quickly set up a platform on the wall and made an announcement to the village. His daughter would choose her husband by tossing the ribbon ball. In this traditional game, whoever caught the ball would become the maiden's husband. All the youth in the village were excited and ready for the game. It was a bustling evening. The mouse maiden was ready to toss the ball when all of a sudden, everyone heard, gigantic shadow of a cat appeared on the wall. A cat! The big black cat's claw swiped at the platform and all the mice fled in fear. The mouse maiden was so afraid that she fell from a wall. (coughs) But she was caught by a young mouse named Ah Alang, who grabbed her and ran away. In his dreams that night, the head mouse saw the black cat catch his daughter. He heard her screams and wails. Ah, 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 ah. Then he woke up and found himself trembling all over. Holding a pillow to himself, he began to think. What could he do to protect her? Finally, he sat up in bed and decided what to do. He would find the strongest husband in the world for her, much stronger than the cat. But who could be the strongest in the whole world? He thought and thought until dawn broke. The sunbeams gently touched upon his face through the roof cracks. The head mouse was instantly on his feet, saying,
2: The sun! The sun is the strongest in the world, for no one can live and nothing can grow if the sun does not shine. I shall marry my daughter to the sun. He
1: packed his knapsack right away and went off to find the sun. Alang spotted the old mouse leaving and followed behind to see what was up. The old fellow headed straight up a mountain. Standing on the mountaintop, the mouse leader said to the sun,
2: Excuse me, are you the strongest in the world?
1: Bursting with light and heat, the sun answered,
2: Of course I am! No one can resist my great power! The old mouse announced, I am the mouse leader, and I want to marry my daughter to you.
1: Before he could finish his sentence, a dark cloud emerged and covered the sun. The old mouse was stunned, but he quickly got his wits back and proposed to the cloud with both arms open wide.
2: Excuse me, I am the mouse leader and I want to marry my daughter to you. Are you the strongest in the world? (sighs) Of course I am. I am the only one that can block the sun's light and heat.
1: But before the cloud could finish his sentence, a fierce wind arose and blew the cloud away. The leader turned to the wind and said again,
2: Excuse me, I'm the mouse leader and I want to marry my daughter to you. Are you the strongest in the world? Of course I am! I can blow
0: away the cloud. I can blow the hat off your head. And I can even blow you back to your house.
1: The wind blew up again and threw the old mouse high into the sky. He flew along swiftly until he crashed into the village wall. Meanwhile, Alang was blown into the river and struggled to swim ashore. The old mouse rubbed his behind. He looked up at the wall, then again said,
2: Excuse me, I am the mouse leader and I want to marry my daughter to you. Are you the strongest in the world? The wall answered, Of course I am. I fear nothing on heaven or earth. The strongest, ouch! I forgot to tell you. The one thing I fear is the mouse.
1: A brick fell and out came Alang. He bowed and handed the old mouse his hat. The old mouse finally realized that mice may be small, but they have skills that no others have. So he said to Alang,
2: You are the strongest of all. I will marry my daughter to you.
1: The mouse leader then prepared a traditional wedding for his daughter. On her wedding day, the third day of the Lunar New Year, the beautiful bride sat on a wicker sedan chair carried by two mice. Her dowry was put into many cases and carried by other mice. When the bride and bridegroom arrived at his parents' house, they knelt down and bowed to them. Once, twice, three times, they bowed to show their honor and gratitude. All the villagers then joined the happy wedding party. In the past, farmers believed that the third day of the lunar year was the day that mice would marry. So they would go to bed early and even leave a little food for the mice to celebrate with. Farmers believe their extension of goodwill on this night might keep the mice from damaging their crops that year.
0: We hope you enjoyed that rendition of The Mouse Bride. A holiday classic. A holiday classic.
3: Yeah, we've and been using that every year. People if, just love it. We love it, too. That's fun.
0: Yeah. And if I haven't said so before, I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Joining me in the studio right now is Mr. John Van Triest. Hi there. cool.
3: 恭喜发财. Yes. All right,
0: thank you. Cai, John, and Shirley Lin.
3: Yes, Fatai.
0: Anyway, seeing how it is the year of the rat or the mouse, depending on the Chinese story. Chinese doesn't
3: really
4: distinguish very well between them, does it? It, it does
5: no. not.
0: It does kind not. Kind of
4: all just sort of the same the thing. The same. Mousy,
3: The ratty. rodent. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, Shirley has volunteered to kind of share us a few stories about involving rats and <laughs> mice rats in her life. New year's past. <laughs> so what's going on, Shirley? Let's talk about this.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, I've got some quite a few, you know, personal experiences with rats. And I'm really talking about rats, not mice, not the smaller one. Mm. So anyway, um, you know, I used to live in this old house. It's a one-story house on the first floor, of course. And uh, I think the house used to be like, what, 50, 60 years old? Anyway, so, um, uh, you know, uh, actually belonged to my in-laws before we moved in mm-hmm. and before me and my husband and our three kids moved in. And all of a sudden, one day, I just found this, uh, I just found traces uh, leading to the fact that there was a rat in the kitchen. Oh. So, um, um, yeah, I had, uh, I had like, put out some fish to defrost. And uh, the next thing I will know, I walked in there and I was kind of hmm, like, like, you know, part of it was be eaten, bitten off. Oh. And, and then I was kind of, and then traces of some dirt around. I was thinking, like, what's That's this? Not <laughs> That's not dirt. That's not dirt. Anyway, so I realized that it was a rat. I want to say this. Yeah. You would think
0: that fish and rats would get along together. They wouldn't be eating each other because they have to worry about the cat, right? I don't know. Well, we, don't, <laughs> no. we
3: didn't have a cat in the house. All right. Anyway, so I asked my in-laws what to do about that. They said, go get a trap. So I actually went and got a trap. And, um, okay, I caught the first rat. Okay. I didn't know what to do with it. And um, so what I did was that I just kind of threw it while it's still alive in the trap, the brand new trap, and, um, you know, put it in a plastic bag and just threw it in, you know, in the garbage truck. But um, later I found an older uh, trap that my in-laws had been having. So been, I used that to catch the next Get this, 14 rats. Oh how my. do you
0: have 14? What, you ready to How long of a time was this over? I don't
3: know. I mean, we lived in that place for like nine years and over a period of, I don't know how many years, before we discovered that um, the water pipe was not closed off. There was a water pipe leading out outside the house. uh uh-huh. And it wasn't closed off. It was just, you know, not being used, but nothing was done to close it off. And so all these field rats and everything was just coming through the pipes, I guess. Anyway, that's what we thought. So we got mm. rid of the problem later. But before we did that, I caught 14, well, actually to be exact, 15 rats. Wow. You
0: have a very vivid memory. I do. Of all 14 you rats. Like well, trophy Yes,
3: yes. Well, okay. So the thing was that um, I learned my lesson from the first time. I realized that um, I would have to first uh, put a sheet of old newspaper under the cage. It's a cage like trap. Oh. You know why? Because when the rat gets caught, it gets nervous and uptight. It would start peeing and pooping. So I learned my lesson there. So I put a newspaper and I learned how to um, you know, hook a savory piece of cooked meat right on a hook just enough for... Whenever a rat gets in there and takes a bite of the meat, the, the gate would just snap close
0: oh, Shirley's a professional I'm, I'm, exterminator I'm telling you
3: I'm an expert now <laughs> <laughs> so then the next thing I had to do was um, you know because I have to go through the living room where my kids are and they're watching TV and I don't want to scare them yeah. so then I would always like hold a piece of old newspaper covering the net and smiling on my way as I walk out you know to, the, to, you the, to the, the yard can I
4: interest you in a rat
3: okay the next thing is like I, 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 I knew that I'm not going to be throwing away the rat live along with my cage so um i we used to have a big um garbage trash trash bin uh-huh. trash bin and i would fill it with water i'll drown it That's... with the with the yeah you know, in the trap of course Ooh. then once it's dead i'll you know take it out of well i pour it into a How bag big were these rats holiday okay holiday cheer seen... along with the tail. Well, I don't know. Anyway. I've seen big rats before. If oh, you've ever yeah. been in
0: like the New York subway system, some of those are the size of chihuahuas. They drive oh, the subway. Actually.
3: <laughs> that's
4: how it wouldn't operate with that. If well, they're on strike.
3: Well, let me yeah. tell you another time. And this one I did not catch because it was pretty big. It what happened was one morning I got woken up by this, some noise in my bedroom. Mm. And when I saw it, it just turned a corner from my door. And I realized it's a big one. You know why the rats get so big? Why? Okay, no, that's not no. the question I wanted to ask. But like you know how okay, <laughs> what was see, the question you wanted to ask? How when big? you see a fat, big rat, yeah. that means it's a smart one. Oh it knows yeah. how to get away, it knows how to get food and get away. So anyway, it's this like was a big of a one. Children's <laughs> one. <laughs> it was looking the like, you know, as big as a cat. squirrel <laughs> almost, you know. And so it ran into the front room, and we had a piano, uh, an upright piano in the front room, (laughs) and I had the, you know, it was, um, you know, I didn't cover, like, the keys. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. exactly That's what it did. (laughs) Uh, So, all right, I had to set up a trap, you know, just, just right at the doorway, but for like three days, I didn't get it at all. Until finally, I got the courage to walk into that front room and I kind of fumbled around and made noise. I, I didn't hear anything, not the rat. And then later, I realized that maybe it got, went through the window screen. It cut a small hole. All you need is just a small hole. It got out. Hmm. So. Shirley
0: question where in <laughs> Taiwan was this house or where in Taipei was this house?
3: This was actually in um, Guangzhou, actually, it's right in Boai district uh, right next close enough to the presidential office building. Um oh, dear. that's <laughs> why you know whenever there's a power outage, ours get back on really the, fast. Because the, yeah. the
0: presidential office is the priority. Exactly, I was gonna say yeah. avoid that area yeah. but but, but
3: I know. Were you the, well, you're the one who discovered the rats here? I hear this story repeated every year. Oh at the radio station? Yes, we have our own menagerie. Yeah that was one I really, really cold them. winter I think. And these mice. These were mice. Not I'm rats. sorry, not rats. Okay. Those are mice. But in Chinese again, no real no distinction. No, no distinction, huh? Those are I think they were like families of them, hordes of them, in the like in the ceiling, in between yet yeah, floors. So they were there, and somebody found like a whole family of mice, like you know, just in their nesting in their drawer, their desk drawer. <laughs> Didn't they and fall from the ceiling though? They fell from the ceiling. It was oh, raining. Were the same they they were they were raining down literally. <laughs> raining. So mice. they were
4: falling from the ceiling, hiding in people's drawers. What? Yeah. I guess they you know, got rid of them because I've never seen one here.
3: Okay. Well, it was later that we got the fumigator or the um, the, the, the Exterminator? mice cut, exterminators. Exterminators got in here. But anyway, um, uh, I think it was a v- extremely cold winter that winter. So these mice extremely were cold not. For our listeners because they were not afraid. They Taiwan's were like Taiwan's pretty warm. I know. Like was it like what ten degrees? twelve. Almost. Yeah, almost. And you know so, these mice. Yeah, they people to, are like amateurs. Okay, they wanted to get around these um 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 these extension cords. Uh, you know. Uh huh. Where where we stick our computers and everything. Dude, don't tell the, me they it,
0: bit through them. You can't no, do that. Okay. Because
3: there's heat coming out of some oh. sort. So they were like, hovering around these extension cords. And wires and everything. Yeah. <laughs> roasting little marshmallows. <laughs> little
0: marshmallows. And... <laughs> <laughs> By these extension cords. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh! I can't even imagine. Like, John, I haven't seen any. This is all just conjecture and it legend to me. This is, this, you is, this, is,
4: this is like the legend of the English department. Every oh. new no person hears about this. Yeah, they're always just <laughs> so like... We have our, our own reason to celebrate the year of the rat. Yeah. I know. Anyway,
0: so... I don't know if it's auspicious to speak about getting rid of rats during the year of the rat.
3: I don't know. I'm just thinking well, that I've got so much you know, ex- personal experience with rats. I just have to believe that it's all meant good luck to then me.
0: Then again, there is no story. You know, we won't be hearing the story again during the year of the dragon. Right? So, um, yep. I mean, even if you could find a dragon if you <laughs> take it on i wouldn't no way much
3: more that would not be much smart. more likely to see rats in taiwan
0: yeah that's about all the time we have for here in taiwan today the very special lunar new year edition Rat of edition. it uh joining me today i would i've been leslie leo and joining me today was john van mm-hmm. and miss shirley Lin. guys have a very happy lunar new year and don't forget next up is ear to the ground and jukebox republic
6: a pleasant sound can begin to drive you crazy if you hear it often enough. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I'm going to tell you how a local supermarket has turned one of my favorite sounds into a form of Chinese water torture.
1: an ear to the ground
6: When you walk into most stores in Taiwan, you'll be greeted with the phrase, huang guang ling. It's kind of a nice friendly greeting that's become a standard for the nation's service industry. While it's a pretty basic greeting, if you translate it directly into English, it would be equivalent to something like, we welcome your honored presence. It's kind of a nice gesture, which you don't really get in most of the Chinese-speaking world, except in Taiwan. Now, certainly some places in China are starting to say it, but in Taiwan, you can hear it just about everywhere. So where does it come from then? Well, it turns out that it has Buddhist origins. People who have attained enlightenment supposedly have this halo, this glory emanating from within, and that's called Foguang, or Buddha's light, which illuminates everything around them for 24 hours. Now, it was thought that this light had the power to expel diseases and transform bad luck into good luck. That's why you see figures of bodhisattvas with halos. Practitioners of the faith would often greet each other by placing their palms together in prayer, bowing to one another, and saying, huang guangling or basically, I welcome the arrival of Buddha's light. And even non-practitioners began to say the same thing. These days, people don't think about the Buddhist origins of the phrase. It's used almost exclusively as a way of welcoming customers into a store. Now, it's not a bad thing to have your shop filled with Buddha's light, is it? When said with a smile, it's a charming way of greeting people, and many chain stores require their employees to say it. But often you walk into a store and discover that they've got this electronic version of the greeting, which is connected to a motion sensor. So basically... It's something that sounds a little bit like this. So in other words, you walk into the store, it senses your presence and offers you either guangling or guangling, which basically means thank you for coming or thank you for bringing your emanating presence. That last one is usually reserved for when people leave the store. But unfortunately, those sensors don't exactly work on a higher level. Oftentimes, when you arrive, it thinks you're leaving, and when you leave, it welcomes you. But the worst part about the ones at my local supermarket is that they won't stop talking. They've got the sensor trained right on the counter, so when you're standing there paying for your fruits and veggies, if you even move a muscle, the electronic voice goes crazy. And then so do you. I'd love to meet the poor woman who recorded this voice. I bet she can't even stand to enter the supermarket.
5: Well,
6: whatever the case, this is a truly Taiwanese sound and one that has been seared on my brain for eternity. And in a good way, I might add. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. And, oh yeah, one more thing. I bid you a very warm guangling. and ling. I welcome your eminent presence to come again soon.
4: Bye-bye, Bye-bye.
3: You've just tuned into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. Two weeks ago, I went on a short trip for two days and one night to Shifin Waterfalls. uh, That's in Pingxi district of New Taipei City. Where I went with... uh, uh, There were, what, seven of us? Three couples. Uh, One couple brought their 22-year-old son along. Um, It was a very nice drive, just... Within an hour, and uh, we went in one car, our car, which can which can sit eight. And it was always nice to get away from the city, even if it's just a weekend, a night. Unfortunately, it was raining that weekend, so it was very, very cold when we first arrived. But we made sure our spirits weren't dampened by the bad weather. Here's a song called "It's Raining." <laughs>
7: 南风这首看着
3: Doesn't that music sound like, you know, you're curled up inside your house um, with a nice cup of cocoa on the side and a nice book in your hand. And it's raining out, but it's okay, you know, because you're nice and cozy and warm and feeling happy. Romantic. I don't know. Anyway, well, we first went to visit a houtong, finally got to go. I hear people talking about all the time this cat village. So it was really exciting. Um, basically, Houtong was once a rich, small mining town. And uh, when the coal mining industry declined in the 90s, the area also started to decline until the 2008, when a local, uh, uh, local cat lover organized volunteers to start offering abandoned cats better lives. So they posted cats pictures online and got overwhelming response from cat lovers around Taiwan. So soon, the cat population boomed right there. And it turned it into a tourist destination. Now, the cats are sterilized or like the earmarked, like they get trimmed ears. Anyway, so it's all very well kept and everything. So there's a bridge that built, that's built over a railway tracks to allow safe passage for the cats. And so we walked that bridge to get to the other side of the tracks where there's a whole row of coffee shops on this hill. And they're all like cat themed and there are cats inside them. So we picked one and had some nice hot milk tea and coffee and desserts and stayed there for, you know, for a time until it was like dinner. Um, it was just really nice and cozy inside. So, yeah, everything's all decorations having to do with cats. Even the mugs, the cups, the saucers had to do with cats. And um, it wasn't until when we were leaving that we realized that there was a couple of cats napping, you know, under these quilts. And uh, you know these quilt-lined baskets, and um, at the door, so it was really sweet. Let's have a song about cats. <laughs> Uh, Wasn't that nice? Well, that night we had a very simple dinner. It was still really early and I wasn't hungry. Um, But we had to make sure that we eat something because the B&B that we're supposed to check into, that there's no restaurants nearby. So I just had soup and some fish balls, uh, fish ball soup rather, and uh, at a small restaurant on the other side of the bridge, right? And you know, the whole place is made to look very much like Japanese-style kind of streets with little restaurants. And that's how it felt, you know. But anyway, but we knew that we were going to get hungry later, so we got a lot of instant noodles and some snacks and everything. Now, the B&B itself was really nice. It was a stone-walled house uh, tucked out in nowhere. I mean, really nowhere. No wonder we had to eat first because we couldn't possibly, you know, find any food unless... Um, The owner of the place was going to offer us food, but no, we checked in late, so there was no dinner, and um, anyway, very nice place, they had just only a few rooms, but each room was like all on different levels in the house, so, um, and the rooms are very roomy and cozy, I mean, you know, they had the heater on already, and the dehumidifier on already when we walked into the room, so it was just a nice and cozy kind of welcome, you know, for us, and um, the next morning, we got up, we had a nice healthy breakfast uh, offered by the couple that I guess runs the place. And in fact, uh, a placard at the gate to the place uh, had their faces on it. And I think they named the B&B after their names. So it's kind of long, four characters. And then, anyway, so it was just nice and sweet. Um, it was a healthy breakfast of bread, bacon, egg, sweet potato, tomato slice and fruit. Then afterwards, we kind of walked around. Um, you know, my husband brought his toys with him, which I meant as like GoPro and, you know, camera and everything and his um, a tripod. And he was just thinking about taking some pictures despite the rain. And so um, they went around and, you know, walked outside of the B&B. It, they've got a yard and and, and they they um, own a goose. And goose was just, you know... It would honk every time we got a little closer to it, you know, like he's thinking that we're going to, I don't know, we're going to hurt him or something. It was really, really funny and cute. He would hold his neck up high, watching to see if if we were to get any closer to him, that he would just honk, you know, that loud kind of cackling, well, honking sound. And then there were three ducks, and they're so cute. They were always sticking together. They walked everywhere, waddled everywhere, and... You know, nibbled at this mud and nibbled there and trying to find food. And so cute. And then they also kept some chicken uh, in, a, in a fenced-in place. So we didn't get close to the chicken, but there were quite a lot, few chicken um, chickens out there. Um, though it was raining, we had some good time taking photos and walking around a small yard they had. It was just a really nice and cozy B&B that I just have to play a song about coziness. Here's Chunuan Nuan, uh, Getting Warm by... 张国荣
4: Pieszy 世界尽头只剩我们
3: So then we headed off to the waterfalls. The waterfall is a wide, half-moon-shaped, really quite a sight-to-see kind of waterfall. I mean, it's, of course, many, many size smaller than Niagara Falls, but still, it's just really nice. But getting there was quite a walk. It was like over a bridge and then some steps and then um, a hanging bridge and then past some vendors selling fruit and hot foods, um, some souvenir shops. And it was just a very well-managed place for a good stay, a good sitting around and resting, a good sitting around, resting, and listening to the brooks, the waterfall, and uh, eating and photo-taking, very well-managed. And then there were different levels to taking pictures of the waterfall. So this time, actually, it was our second time getting there within months. But uh, we loved it so much that we went again. But uh, this time we spent a night. And so this time we actually found another level, which was right in front of the waterfalls and smack in in the center. And we took some pictures there. We always felt the mist coming from the waterfalls. And since it was raining, the waterfall was really more rumbling than you know, um, a nice small waterfall. And uh, after that, we had a simple lunch of just steamed dumplings, which were actually good. And uh, not bad. And then we had it home. It was just another good time away from the city. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jukpas Republic. I'm Shudi Lin at Radio Taiwan International. And here's a song about waterfall. It's simply called Waterfall Pu Boo Bai Ma Ke Bai which can translate into Macbeth, but I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to call himself Macbeth as a stage name. Okay, pu Boo Waterfall.
4: 是谁打断我 浅浅的睡眠, 感觉被放大, 哭哭上花下